0: Welcome to the Brilliant Leaders Spotlight. I'm Robert Clickey-Beard, I'm the host of the show. And really, I'm gonna spend the next 20 to 30 minutes just talking to brilliant business leaders all around the world to be able to share their story on how they scaled their business, how they went through some different challenges, and just share that experience and that knowledge and thought leadership around how they took their company to the next level, how they went through some challenges, how they scaled up their their workforce, how they maybe pivoted during during challenging times. And I want to be able to share that with my audience. So thank you for joining me today. and looking forward to the upcoming guest. Hi, this is Robert Clickerberry with the Brilliant Leader Spotlight. I'm super delighted to be joined today by Richard Blank Blank and um, Richard is calling all the way from Costa Rica and as we just talked offline there we're uh, I'm actually based in Scotland right now so we're totally the opposite parts of the world both smiling both having fun so uh, thanks for joining the show today Richard
1: so happy to be here today at the Brilliant Leaders podcast, and it's my first one in Scotland, so I'm extra excited today.
0: Oh, awesome. Awesome. We'll, uh, we'll dive into that. So, um, we should tell the audience just a little bit about your background, why you're based in Costa Rica. Tell me about your business.
1: Well, thank you for the question. I, I started off, Robert, in northeast Philadelphia. In the United States, and when I graduated the proud Abington High School in 1991, I decided to double down on my favorite class, which was Spanish. So I went to nicer weather to the University of Arizona in Tucson, Arizona, and I was a Spanish communication major. And then, when I was 27 years old, I had the opportunity to move to Costa Rica for a couple months to work at my friend's call center. Two months turned into four years. I fell in love with Central America, as you did when you came to visit multiple times, and. I learned the business from the inside out. And Robert, here's the best part. Instead of starting as a C-level executive with finances and contracts, I kind of learned it as an entry-level agent. So I learned it from the inside and out. And over the course of four years, I learned what to do to enhance the experience, not only for the client, but especially for the agent. And then in my mid-30s, I threw my hat in the ring, started my own call center, and here we are today with 150 seats.
0: Cool. That's awesome. I love that story, just how you you know, took that opportunity, you took that risk. You know, a lot of people talk about, yeah, I want to start my own business, I want to do this and that. But, you know, in fact, you actually did that. And not only did it, but you also did it across, I don't know how many thousand of miles coming from Pennsylvania to Costa Rica, but uh, well done, that's that's great. So tell me about that journey because, you know, everybody talks about, you know, trying to scale a business and, and trying to figure things out. And, you know, you're, if you've never really had any type of background experience you're obviously learning as things grow so talk about that journey as you uh, scaled up your company
1: that's one of the most important questions i receive and i can almost give you the easiest answer robert i i wish i could give you a financial tip and trick or a cracked ceo code but it really just comes down to one word empathy it's the way that you treat your people and I knew this, that since I'm a CEO, I have leverage, I could make or break you, I could hire or fire you. And I decided to do the former because my ego's fine. I don't need to walk on the floor and embarrass somebody or leave. And in fact, most of my attrition is done naturally because Amazon is here. So we compete against their thousands of agents and, and I'll lose someone for a schedule or a boyfriend or girlfriend works there, it's closer to their home. But Robert, you and I will never have someone quit our team because you and I defaced them. We didn't pay them on time. I follow the Costa Rican labor law. So ethically, since I'm a guest in this country, I'm doing the right things. And also this journey almost began, my friend, where if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live almost anywhere in the world. And so when most people are studying law and medicine, once again, I triple down on languages. And, and I believe that if your intentions are honorable and what you're doing is with good faith, I firmly believe in dipping your toe in the water and testing it. And by moving abroad, which our great-grandparents did, we discussed this prior to the podcast, our, our families were nomads. And my family came to the United States at the turn of the 20th century. So as much as my parents wanted to make the argument of living in the United States and following certain opinions and predestined careers, it pretty much goes back to where our family came from, having that guts and desire to try something new, learning a second language and starting a business. So in essence, Robert, it's in our blood.
0: No, that's awesome. Yeah, I couldn't uh, agree with you more. That's, uh, that's so true, it's in our blood, we like to take risks. Um, now, when you talked about empathy, was that, is that something that became natural to you when you first started your business? Or, or did you learn, you know, through making mistakes, you know, just as you grew, you sort of learned that, you know, what were these key recipes to growing and scaling that successful business?
1: Wonderful. Let me, let me go over into other verticals as well. I learned that through an empathetic coach that told you to buckle up and get back in the game and win that game. And also from a teacher that said, would you like to turn in this paper after trying it one more time? So it just wasn't a final grade. These were individuals that let you rewrite things or, or to discuss with them, not just for a better grade. So you learned, And so there was a lot of wind in my sails. And I believe that success is built on a million thank yous. And if nobody shows up here tomorrow, Robert, I don't have a company. So as I said before, as much as you want to play big shot and, and offer things, it's, it really comes down to how the person is treated and I really saw it. When I worked at my friend's call center now, he did nothing wrong, but when you're amongst the proletariat, when you're sitting with hundreds upon hundreds of people and you're in those cubicles, you get to hear the good times and the bad, the success and the failures. And so this is something that I learned over so many years on what to do and what not to do. And the number one thing is to bend, but not to break. And also if I may, A lot of it has to do with fear, Robert, where it's a morbid anticipation of something that hasn't happened yet. So immediately I let my bilingual agents know that by learning a second language is 10 times harder than what they're about to do. And secondly, I'm gonna ensure to put you on a level playing field. You will get all of your resources, you'll get all of your training. So it will reduce any sort of doubt. So empathy is about having someone prepared about letting them know that they're in a stable environment because I I feed families here and a lot of these young men or women are in multi-generational families I don't know about in Scotland but in here sometimes people live with their grandparents and parents and they're responsible for food and medication and so that to me is what I hold sacred and that's why I've been a very successful boss.
0: Nope, I love that. I love that. And you're right. I mean, again, even in Scotland, um, the fact that people are still living with parents and grandparents just because they want to take care of them and uh, you, you know you carry on that legacy. Now, you touched on empathy, you touched on you know training. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. But, you know, part of, you know, as you're scaling your company, you know, you're obviously trying to lift uh, emerging leaders through the company to take over, become supervisors, become middle senior managers, leaders. Uh, what, what type of things did you do to either, again, develop some of those emerging leaders to, again, take on some of the heavy lifting uh, for you?
1: Asking some of the best questions, Robert, I got to give you credit. I, In order to scale a company, you got to think of two types of people. Uh, you could bring somebody in with 10 years experience, they could have bad habits or you and I can discuss looking at somebody that has never worked in a center before and I could teach on the phone system in the CRM but, but has this sort of discipline and structure that you could mold. You could have them as your squire and page like a knight does. And so for me, I only, I, I will bring in specialists for the IT department but I will only delegate and promote from within. And also it's by merit I could care less if you're a boy or a girl, young or old, if you're showing me, as you say, leadership and and leadership comes in shapes and sizes, showing up on time, pen at the ready, not just absorbing, but contributing. And, and I don't like yes, men or yes, women, I want someone to be on my team and want me to win. But if they have a suggestion, if they see something outside of the box or they just want to throw a random idea out there, I think that's incredible. That to me is leadership and and I also like the ones that, and and you can see it in the beginning, Robert, that it's like a buddy system. If someone's doing very well on an account, they can let somebody sit next to them and they feed off of that sort of energy. Now we have these challenges with COVID and remote agents, but let's just talk about the on-site agents here. So it's very easy for me to see somebody standing during the day and pitching, someone that's engaged, someone that's asking for another notebook because they're just going both pages and taking tons of notes and contributing. And I find them brilliant because in this industry where most people are burning out and they just don't wanna do it, it's a transitional job. I myself have gravitated towards a CEO position and survived. And so when I see this in somebody, the art of speech, instead of non-voice omni-channel support, which is purely text and email driven, that some people love to talk, they use the thesaurus so they can expand their vocabulary with similes, They show active listening so they can repeat questions to clients. So there's no rabbit holes and people feel comfortable. And and here's the best part, my good friend, when they're making prospecting outbound phone calls to new clients and before getting transferred to you, Robert, they will mention the individual that answered the call first before being transferred and giving that a verbal positive escalation on how great your assistant is. And when I do a follow-up email to you, I'm gonna write about it too. So when I have to call back, that prospect, that individual that answered the phone is going to be so happy to talk to me. Tell me in 10 years, I'm the only one that wrote Robert about him. And obviously, it's a great first impression before you and I do business. So my good friend, these are some of the soft skills that we teach here that will never compromise the ethics, values, and morals of the agents.
0: Uh, I love love how you talk about the soft skills part, because I feel that is not developed enough within companies that people uh, i don't know there's there's either little role playing there's little training development in that soft skills piece and um and how do how do you how do you start that process i mean is that do you do it through role playing do you do some type of developing processes How, how do you start developing that within a company well there's
1: two ways i think it could be on-site and off-site On site, we have departments called QC or QA, which is quality control, quality assurance. We grade calls through KPIs, which are key performance indicators. So I could probably see if there's 20 things I made sure you asked the client to qualify them. But the soft skills, as I was mentioning, using names or using pronouns, asking tie down questions, Robert, like makes sense, right? Sounds good, right? How about this, my good friend? Since a lot of people are calling homes, because people are working from home now, you might have a dog in the background, dogs barking, right? But you and I love dogs. So that's an excellent way for me to use the me too technique. That's a soft skill where I'd let you know I love your dog. But then I will follow it up by asking what's the dog's name and you will tell me Fluffy. (laughs) So Fluffy sounds great, put him outside. So the next thing you know, once you put the dog outside and you come back, instead of trying to repitch you, I can anchor you in that one section because we talk about your dog. Then all of a sudden you ask me what my name is again. And I use a buffer boomerang technique by saying, hey, that's an excellent question, Robert. My name is answering the question, Richard blank. So I can always adjust the tone, name drop you, make it a great question, repeat the question and send it back. So that happens about six to 10 times on a phone call. That's the buffer boomerang technique. And so inadvertently and passive aggressively, you can once again, let them know how much you like the dog for them to put the dog outside and for you to start sure. a conversation again and so this is what we do on site now off site i would expect the agents to do dedicated practice just like you've done with art athletics and even this podcast that you're working on you Robert you make it look easy i mean look at all the stuff i've read and seen about you but no one sees what you do off camera and what's behind the scenes and so anybody that does what you and i do don't be surprised if you're not successful so, it's really about not doing homework. These are speaking skills. It's only going to increase money and your relationships and reduce any sort of conflicts that you have with people. And so, as I say before, these are the sort of soft skills that can be practiced on and off site. But we have a very serious structure here where I'm capable of grading people on their phone calls to be able to coach them and remind them of areas of, of attention.
0: I love that. I love that explanation of soft skills. Um, So I'm going to switch directions here slightly. Um, As you've grown and scaled your company and you think back about all the different challenges you've had, um, you know, it's never easy going through that journey. What what would you say are the top two um, effectively chess moves that you've made to really excel your company to the next level? whether it be through people or leadership, uh, people, um, employee development, or, or maybe it's the physical locations or bringing in new agents. What, what would you see the two biggest chess moves that have really taken your company to the next level?
1: Perfect. I, I could use financial and emotional. Let's go financial. I started very slow. I first started renting a seat at like a glorified open floor plan cafe so I could just rent a station. So I didn't have any sort of serious overhead. And then after a couple of years, I was able to save enough money to rent 150, I I built out a 150 seat call center that I was renting and bought the equipment and, and so I had it there. And after about six years, I saved enough money to build a 300 seat call center where I am today, you see the bricks behind me here. And so my suggestion is to save your money so you can weather storms and to not have certain partners that you think might be making bad decisions for your company or to do some sort of influence on you. And so as much as you want all the bells and whistles and to grow quickly, my suggestion is the way that my grandparents taught me is if you can't pay for it in cash, you just don't do it. So as much as I, I want to impress you with some sort of, as I mentioned before, shortcut, no, it was really the tortoise compared to the hare. Very slow and steady having acorns for the wintertime, weathering any storms, and guaranteeing that it, you know, in case I lost a small account that I could still pay my lights and my payroll. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, as I was mentioning, it could be emotional where since Spanish is my second language, okay, and let's just say there's a code red in the office and someone's just having a tough day, there are things that do happen outside the office that can affect their work performance. So I want to make sure things are discussed two ways. First, share your ideas in your native tongue. So you get it out and you explain it the way you want to. I might miss 5%. Who knows? I want you also to back it up by explaining it in English. And I will do the same. I will answer you in English and also do it in Spanish. So if there's that 5%, it can blend and cross over to make sure that we're consistent. And so once again, since I am a guest in this country and I am fluent in Spanish, there could be certain times that I might misinterpret something. So those times are very sensitive. And if I realize that I'm not capable of getting the sort of resolution that both of us are looking for, I will call in a third person, my floor manager, and let that individual speak for me, just to make sure that, as I mentioned before, it doesn't spiral out of control and somebody quits or breaks down or just has a really, really bad day. And so that is taken into consideration as well because these jobs are demanding. It could be monotonous, and as I mentioned before, with COVID and these other pressures that these people have, they're, they're coming back to the office. But but my goal, Robert, and I'm sure yours is as well, that after they leave you and working with you for the day, that they've recharged their batteries enough to be able to confront any sort of challenges that they have in their house. And so it's really just like a nice circle that I, I try to create here. And obviously, it's been working
0: yep, for the last great. 14 years. No, I mean, you bring up a good point that I mean a lot of companies That are scaling will be challenged with communication, period. You know, whether it be communication amongst the different layers of employees. But when you add that language barrier in, and obviously, along with that language barrier, there could be a lot of different, you know, different cultures of different, um, um, I don't know, just emotional uh, attachments to that. So, yeah, you've got different layers to handle in, in your scenario. And it's just something that it sounds like you're being extra conscious with. So congratulations for doing that. Yeah, but I also put in a little Philly guilt.
1: I will look at you in the eyes and go, Robert, you know, you're better than this. Come on, last week you did 14 in one day. And then second is I'd say, Robert, you're being out of character right now. This is not the man that I know. And so I can sometimes get real with people and they understand that. And I'm not just calling you champ, I did congratulate you the other day when you got 14. So I am a legitimate boss. They know, I, I call the balls and the strikes. And if they're having a great day, I'm winning their sales. If not, I'm going to pick them back up and you know, dust them off and try to get them to move forward. And I dress like this every day. So in case their mother shows up, I'm going to let them know how great Robert is. And your <laughs> raised is such a good boy you know, just to get mother. points with your mother. So um, <laughs> we do things like that here. It's really, uh, we, we try to give back and pay it forward
0: that's awesome i love it any parting words of wisdom for any emerging leaders or even some really established leaders who are listening to this podcast that you think be worthwhile sharing especially you know going into you know we're all going through challenging times right now with everything going on but uh, any parting words you'd love to share with people
1: Well, you know, everybody has their own forced march. And when you're a CEO, you have a lot of responsibilities. And so I take me time. I do. As as much as I wish I could do Eastern meditation, I just don't have the structure or discipline for it. But I will wash my convertible on a Sunday. Every morning, I get up and work out for about two hours and I put the phone away. And I I also like to do uh, pinball marathons. I'm a huge Pinball machine aficionado, so I restore old jukeboxes and nice. retro arcade machines, and so uh, that's my passion. And after about 20 minutes of decompressed stimulation, I'm able to have image streaming, where my mind wanders, and you know I can put things in perspective. Maybe I overextended myself one time, or or didn't speak enough, but it allows me to really once again organize and put things in perspective for myself, so I can regroup. Rebalance, refocus, and then come back from a fresh perspective because in the moment you can make certain decisions. And as much as you wanna be an arbitrator and look at things in a neutral way, there is emotion behind it. And so what I try to do in my mind is to ask everybody's opinion first before putting out my own. And I sometimes surprise myself because in the moment, I'm, I'm thinking of Philadelphia, CEO, got to make the power call. But then there's also somebody else that's level-headed that makes a suggestion. And, and I've seen people that I depended upon so that disappointed me during COVID. And you were mentioning about leadership. I've seen other people that do not have the fear to knock on my door and say, excuse me, Richard, may I make a suggestion in order to work more efficient on my account. I'd like to leave a voicemail differently. How do you feel about this email template? One of these rebuttals that people keep hanging up on, do you think we should adjust it? And you and I, Robert, sit back and go, this kid's great. Love this kid. Of course, come on in and let's talk about it. And so, as I mentioned before, maybe the stars became aligned in this one in a million snowballs chance in this industry. It wasn't me. It was all the people that work with me. And so when I have this me time and I think about these amazing things people do during the week, I might've not noticed it as much at the moment, but when it hits me, trust me, the first thing I do for Monday morning is to walk up to an individual and let them know that they hit a home run last Thursday. And so that's the empathy Richard circle that we first discussed in the beginning.
0: That's awesome. So if people want to reach out to you, find out a bit more your call center, about your soft skills, techniques, and your training with them, what's the best way for people to, to get hold of you?
1: Well, they can grab a plane ticket and fly down here. I would love for them to see my <laughs> gamification culture, you know, where the kids are hanging out in between calls and letting off steam and recharging batteries. But uh, you can shoot me an email at CEO at Call me toll-free at 888-271-6750. And if I may, I do have this huge Facebook fan page, close to 98,000 local Costa Rican Ticos. They cannot wait to meet you, Robert, once this thing goes live. And so you can join that page. You can see what's happening in the business process outsourcing industry in Costa Rica, get a real pulse for it. We are close to the United States. We're right here in Central America, north of Panama, south of Nicaragua, democratic society, no standing army, 95% literacy rate and scalability and so a lot of people come here like yourself for ecotourism or to live or retire and Costa Rica is just beautiful and I've been here for the last 22 years and all I could really say it is a wonderful Pura Vida lifestyle that you once again love and I know you're coming back so I can't wait to do our second podcast when you're here in Costa Rica.
0: Yep, that would be great. No, I agree. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, every time I go there, I have a wonderful experience. So uh, I'll definitely be coming to see you next time I'm there. So love it. Richard, uh, thank you for your time today. Love uh, you sharing your wisdom. I really enjoyed the show. I'm sure all my listeners will be enjoying it as well. And hopefully they reach out to you. So thank you again for your time today, Richard.
1: Had a wonderful time. Thank you so much, Robert.
0: Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Hi, this is Robert Clinky-Beard with the Brilliant Leaders Spotlight. Really glad you could join the show today. Hopefully you got some great nuggets that you can take back to your business and help to scale your business, provide some leadership to your team, maybe switch products, maybe pivot to a different direction. That's what this whole podcast is about. Really just to help you steer, build your roadmap, maybe take your company to the next level maybe contact our guest and try and get some other expertise, but really glad you could join us today. Looking forward to hearing your comments. Get back to me if you have any questions or if you need some help building that roadmap, but uh, really grateful that you could join me today. Thanks very much.